Hey, my name is Cindra Kampoff, and I'm a small town Minnesota gal, Minnesota nice as we like to say it, who followed her big dreams. I spent the last four years working as a mental coach for the Minnesota Vikings, working one-on-one -on -one with the players. I wrote a best-selling book about the mindset of the world's best, and I'm a keynote speaker and national leader in the field of sport and performance psychology. And I am obsessed with showing you exactly how to develop the mindset of the world's best so you can accomplish all your goals and dreams. So I'm over here following my big dreams and I'm here to inspire you and practically show you how to do the same. And you know, when I'm not working, you'll find me playing Miss Pac-Man. Yes, the 1980s game, Miss Pac-Man. So take your notepad out, buckle up, and let's go. This is the High Performance Mindset. Welcome to episode 403 with Pam Solberg Tapper. This is your host, Dr. Sindra Kampoff, and I'm grateful that you are here. If you know that mindset is essential to your success, then you are in the right place. And today, I have a dear friend on the podcast. I first met Pam when we both joined the National Speakers Association about seven years ago. I wanted to become a better speaker, and we both went through the Speakers Academy, and Pam and I hit it off right away. I remember specifically we had to go around and introduce ourselves right at the beginning of our first class, and she had described that she had run a marathon on every continent, and I couldn't wait to talk to her after the class. I had just myself finished running the Boston Marathon, and I was just so excited to talk to her and connect with her, and since then, we have attended numerous conferences together. Uh, we went to several Tony Robbins events, including Date with Destiny, Brendan Burchard's Experts Academy. And she is also just a dear friend that uh, when I'm struggling with, it's something related to my business or my life. I go to her. She's a great listener and incredible coach. So let me tell you a little bit more about Pam. She is a leaders under pressure expert. She guides leaders who are dealing with the pressures of today's world, specifically helping them shift from feelings of overwhelm to more calm and clarity by help building the brain's mental fitness muscles. She has coached hundreds of executives and their teams to accelerate accomplishing their objectives using innovative mindset techniques, which she describes in this podcast. She believes that success in business and in life is 80% mindset and 20% strategy. She's also a passionate and engaging speaker who creates instant rapport with people and her audiences through her personal storytelling. In this episode, Pam describes her mental fitness bootcamp, which is a virtual program based on positive intelligence, where leaders learn the techniques to rewire their negative disempowering brain neural pathways to more positive empowering pathways to help better handle life's pressures. Leaders have found that this program reduces stress helps them make better decisions, enhances their performance, and improves relationships. She has a master's degree, is an International Coach Federation professional certified coach, a board certified executive coach, and a positive intelligence certified coach. What differentiates Pam is that she's an avid runner. She is among a handful of women in the world who have completed marathons on seven continents, as well as the North Pole and Mount Everest. In this episode, Pam and I talk about her sweet spot exercise and how it can apply to you, what to do when you don't feel passionate about your work, how to see an opportunity in every difficulty, why what if is a powerful phrase to help you create change, how to create a new neural pathway and when it is important to do so, and a powerful, innovative strategy that you can use when you notice you are sabotaging your own success. 
My favorite part of this episode was when Pam talked about and used this quote. She said, if your mind perceives it to be true, you can't believe anything else. To see the full show notes and description, as well as a transcript of this episode, you can head over to syndracampoff.com slash 403. Without further ado, let's bring on Pam. Thank you so much for joining us, Pam Solberg-Tapper. I'm so excited to talk with you today. I wanted to have you on the podcast for a long time, and I'm, it's just so fun to have a good friend on the podcast. So how are you doing today? I'm so excited to be with you on your podcast, and congratulations to you to have over 400 episodes. Cinder, that's outstanding. I know. I couldn't even believe it. Last time I recorded an episode, I was like, today's 400. I felt like I was just kind of focused so much on the process that it was like, you know, uh, not necessarily focused on the number, but just the quality. So thanks for saying that, Pam. Yeah, congratulations. Well, to start us off, just give us a little insight into your passion and what you're doing right now. Yeah, so I'm a leadership under pressure expert. So what does that mean? I work with leaders that are under pressure of all the demands that they have on their lives right now, the overwhelm, the ambiguity, and all the things that are happening in the world. And I help them shift from all that overwhelm and ambiguity to having a more calm and clear-headed way of thinking using brains, neuroscience, and mindset strategies. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about how you got into coaching and especially coaching leaders kind of who are under fire. Yes. So uh, prior to uh, being a coach, I was in the healthcare industry. So I had an MBA in that field and uh, worked my way up the ranks and was able to be in a job that was really secure, had a great team, worked with smart people, had job security, made the money. And I read the book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I opened the chapter, begin with the end in mind. And so he prompts us to um, take a, a a forward view of towards the end of our lives, looking back, and what is it that you want to see? And I thought, holy crap, this is this isn't it. And all wow. the things that I put together to get to where I was wasn't it. And so I was really demoralized at that point. And so I actually uh, pursued finding a career coach to help me pivot and decide what I'd like to do instead. And I am so grateful. Uh, to her now because I'm doing work that's truly in my passion and to be able to help leaders like like my old for, former role uh, to help them navigate um, all of the overwhelm and pressures that they have in today's world. So would you say a coach introduced you to coaching or did she just kind of uh, through your explorations talk about what is it that you want to do next and you found coaching or tell us a bit about actually how that works for you? Yeah, and it is all about uh, that exploration. And um, mm -hmm. I'll share a tool with you that I think works really well and I use with my clients too. We call it the sweet spot exercise. So anyone can do this and, it, and it's really, really helpful to kind of narrow down what is it that, that, that makes you happy and, and fulfilled. So you think about, um, if you think about a Venn diagram that has the overlapping, the three overlapping circles, Okay. And if you uh, would draw that out, the first circle that you would, look, would populate is what is it that I'm really good at? And so you, it could be a myriad of different things. Maybe you're good at 
details. Maybe you're good at um, project management. Maybe you're good at leading people. Maybe you're good at vision or strategy or whatever those things are that you're really, really good at. The second circle that you populate is what brings me joy. Mm. So that's a whole different question because what we're good at does not necessarily bring us joy. And so that's what happened to me. I was good at what I did, but it didn't necessarily bring me that joy. So what are all the things that bring you joy? So that's two parts. The last part is then, uh, the last circle is what is it that that you can make money at? Because if we're doing it it for a job, um, we want to be able to make money at it. So where those three circles overlap, we, we call that the sweet spot. And so just by doing that one exercise, it can really be um, um, eye-opening to see if you're in a, a, a place that really doesn't feel rewarding or, or where you're not fulfilled. And I think from your own experience, you can draw from this question, but also from your experience as a coach, like what's the power of working in this sweet spot? by, you know, really thinking and working towards what you're good at and what you find joy at and what you can be paid for. What's, what's the power in that? So the power in it is really interesting because what, what we're good at and brings us joy is oftentimes a strength. And Mm -hmm. because we're so good at it, we don't recognize it ourselves. We think, Mm -hmm. oh, anybody can do this or anybody can do that. But that's not true. If we're really good at it and it brings us joy, we're going to be successful because we're inherently good at it. We're, we're inherently um, on top of our game when we're able to be in that energetic place. And so a lot of us diss it or take it for granted because it's something that we do well, but we really need to be mindful of that because if it is something that matches up, then a lot of times we'll, we'll be able to um, have financial success with it. So what if there are people who are listening who, who say like, okay, great idea, Pam but you know, I can't quit my job because of this, or, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't really find joy in what I'm doing, but, you know, given the economy, I can't really make a change, you know, or maybe I do want to become a coach or uh, have my own business, but all of that is scary, right? And so, um, and and I don't want to just, you know, quit my full-time job, and you know, just dive into something when I'm not sure I'm going to be successful. So, what might you give in terms of suggestions for those types of people who might be listening? Well, that was me. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't do it all in one fell swoop. It it took me a, a while to figure out what the new thing was, and then to get educated. I had to go back to school. I had to learn how to start a business. And so, for people that are listening, and I had to manage my risk. I I couldn't just stop having an income. So my first suggestion is, is if you're not ready, manage your risk, but still do the exercise and see what's out there that, that you can take baby steps towards. Yeah, nice. And so when we have that hope, when we know that there's something, you know, if we're unhappy, if there's something that we can move towards, then that's going to give us more energy, even in the current job that we have that we may not like as much because we know that there's something out there for us. So that's one strategy. The second strategy is if it's impossible, and for some of us it is, uh, to make a switch like that. Bring whatever that, that, that thing is that you really love and you're passionate about into, into your world as a hobby okay. or something else you can do. So for instance, um, 
a woman that I'm actually working with now is not able to switch careers. And so what she decided to do is she really is interested in giving back and making a bigger impact. And so uh, what we're doing is we're exploring what that bigger impact is and then how can she volunteer to be able to get that fulfillment or she's even playing with the idea of starting a, a foundation of some sort. And so you'll get that from fulfillment even if it isn't, isn't the paying job at the time. Yeah, I think that's impactful because I think there are some people who feel maybe like they can't make the change or by working on their side passion or their hustle for a while, you can make that big enough that you can maybe quit that job that you don't really feel fulfilled in. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I'm just thinking about all the cool things that I want to talk about with you, Pam. And I'm thinking about, um, you know, just what led you to where you are today. So tell us about, you know, is there an impactful turning point um, that impacted your life? Or tell us a little bit about something that was powerful that led you to where you are today. Yes. Um, you know, we hear so many stories about taking in adversity and turning it around to an opportunity. And um, mm. when I was growing up, I was very obese and uh, I was teased and bullied and all of those things. It was really a, a, a painful experience. And wow. uh, the last one that would be picked for sports teams and things like that. And, uh, and uh, so that was really, really difficult. And then, um, then I entered into, you know, my younger adult years and I did all sorts of dieting to be able to manage my rate. And I was really successful because I'm determined and I can get things done. And so I would lose that weight, but then it would come back and lose okay. the weight and then it would come back. And I thought, well, this is going to be it. I'm, I'm afflicted with this and I probably should just live with it. But then I had this other idea. I was going to a health club at the time and, um, some of the women there said that they were runners. And so I thought, okay, Pam, I remember this. Okay, Pam, you're gonna make yourself run for a month. Okay. You don't, after a month, uh, you can evaluate if that's not what you wanna do to help you manage your weight. And so I did that. I was determined, I stuck to it, I, I ran. It wasn't pretty, I did it really early in the morning when people weren't around and I ran for a month and then uh, what happened at the end of the month, I, I liked myself better. I felt a little bit more fit, but it was weird, Syndra, what it did to my brain. I yeah. felt more confident. I felt uh, more sure of myself. I liked myself better. And so at that pivotal point, I decided to uh, continue running. And, uh, and that actually changed my life. Uh, because I was really fortunate that there was a trainer at the gym. And after I ran a, you know, I started doing 5Ks, we build our way up. And uh, the trainer was really helping me. And he said, you know, Pam, you should run a marathon. And I thought, no, you got to be kidding. Chubby, Pam, my last name is Solberg. Kids used to call me so big. There's no way in the world that I could run a marathon. But you know what? He believed in me. He believed in me and he planted that seed in my brain. And I thought, well, what if? What if? And I couldn't get rid of that thought. So, 
one thing led to another and I did. I ran my first marathon in our home state here of Minnesota, Grandma's Marathon, the local one. Yes. And then I ran other ones uh, within the United States. And I started doing more and more of them and I felt better and better about myself. And and uh, just one day I I I would think I had this transformational thought. I, I shifted, I shifted my brain from, I run marathons hmm. to, it's, it's just small words. I am a marathoner. Hmm. So it was like, I run marathons is kind of a transactional thing. Yeah. You know, you do lots of marathons. But yeah. when I stepped into, I am a marathoner. Yeah. That, that was a game changer. That was transformational. And that's how powerful those I am statements are. And I'm hearing that like the transactional is like, I do, but the transformational is like, I am like, I goes from like doing to being. Mm -hmm. And, and I also heard a few things in your story that are really powerful, that it was like this one person who uh, is kind of providing you the suggestion and even though you didn't believe it at the time, you just kept on asking like, what if? And yes. I think that could be a really powerful strategy for people who you know, aren't sure right away that they can do it, but it's like, okay, just imagine the what ifs. And over time, then maybe convince yourself that it's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, it took a while. I didn't sign up the next day, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> so now at this point, you ran a marathon on every continent. How cool is that? I know there's only a handful of women who, who's, who've done that. So I'd love to hear your experience of the most impactful marathon that you've ran and why it was the most impactful. Yeah, so fortunately, I've been able to use this, this uh, new way of identity to travel the world. How cool is that? There's a marathon anywhere and everywhere you want to go. So for those folks that are interested in travel, it's really a great way to see the world. Uh, So not only running on all the continents, I've had an opportunity to run a marathon at the North Pole, geographical North Pole, uh, but also at Mount Everest. Wow. So the, the marathon that was most impactful was the marathon at Mount Everest, uh, because it's not like your typical marathon that you see um, around here in the States. It was really an adventure. And so we got as far as um, Lukla, and we were able to then hike on mountain trails. Okay. It took us two weeks to travel the same tra- same trails that the um, that the Sherpas go on, and that the people that actually summit Mount Ester- Mount Everest. Wow. So we went on those same pathways. So there's only one way. There's only one way to get there, and that is by foot, or if you take a helicopter, or if you ride a mule or a yak. So we were on those same trails. It took us two weeks, two weeks to get to the starting line which wow. is Mount Everest base camp. And during that time, you have to acclimate to the uh, altitude, of course, because there's a phenomena called the acute altitude sickness. And if you try to ascend too fast, 
uh, you can get really, really sick. And so of our group of 25 people, three of them had to be med medically evacuated by helicopter because they contracted uh, acute altitude sickness, which wow. can afflict anybody. You can be in the best shape, but it's just a, a chemistry thing. And so they had to be um, taken away. So every day it got just a little bit more tenuous and the higher up we got, the, uh, the, um, the accommodations were really minimal and um, you know, not running water, no phone access. It was, it was pretty crude out there. Um, so finally getting up to base camp, which is 17,585 feet, uh, we got to stay two nights at base camp, which is unusual. They don't let people stay at base camp unless you're going to go higher up. Um, with the cli uh, climbers there in Nepal. So we stayed two nights to get even further acclimated and the race started the next day. So the race itself, the marathon was actually descending from base wow. camp. Wow, okay. So uh, what was interesting is that in that race, there was only 137 people. So you can think about over the distance of 26.2 miles, people get pretty well spread out. Right. So there were times during the event where I didn't see anybody, nobody. Wow. I didn't see anybody in front of me or anybody behind me. And here we are up in the mountains and there's lots of spews off the main pathway and it wasn't marked all that well. And I started to get a saboteur hijack. I, oh. I got so hijacked, I, I was so afraid because I thought I was gonna get lost. Oh, I could imagine. And I didn't know where I was. And I, my brain was going crazy. You stupid idiot. Why did you think you could do this? You, here you are and you're smarter than this. How did you ever get yourself into this situation? You're going to get lost and then they're going to have to send a helicopter to find you. And my mind went just down, yeah. downhill right. spiral. And then I remembered not only did I do physical training, but I did mental training. And I had a mantra. Okay. And it goes like this I am strong. I am smart. I am safe. I've got this. Okay. I am strong. I am smart. I am safe. I've got this. Those I am statements, right? Yep. How and what happened after that was I repeated that statement over and over and over in my brain. So those sabotaging thoughts couldn't derail me. And I kept going one step after the other, one step after the other. And 12 hours later, 12 hours, <laughs> I ended up coming across the finish line. It was pure dark and uh, had to wear a headlamp. And, uh, but I made it, but I made it. And yeah. so I'm so grateful for that opportunity to be in such a bizarre part of the world, which uh, really turned out to help my confidence even more. Wow. Well, a couple of things I'm hearing from that story is I, I think we can all relate to times that our brain gets hijacked. And I think especially when you're in a really scary situation like that, that if you don't, you know, you know, if, if you get lost, you know, will you stay alive? They're going to have to come find you, you know, and and our brain can just kind of make up the worst case scenario. Um, congratulations on the finish. Like, how amazing is that to be able to say that you ran a marathon at Mount Everest and were one of 137 people who were even at the starting line? 
Thank you. And I wasn't last. So that's, that was coming. You know, there were people behind me, but I didn't, I had no clue. And at that point, like the time doesn't matter. It's all about finishing, right? So, so you, you mentioned something that I want to help clarify for people who are listening, like tell us about how we can hijack our, ourselves and, and ways that we can even sabotage our success. Cause there's a lot of different ways, but tell us like how you understand that and uh, how that relates to all of us who are listening. Yeah. Well, it's similar to, you know, the story that I just shared, you know, there's a, there's a, a quote, uh, if your mind perceives it to be true, you cannot believe anything else. Okay. If your mind perceives it to be true, you can't believe anything else. And so if we believe those sabotaging thoughts, I, I don't deserve this. I can't do it. Um, I'm so full of fear that I'm not going to take this first step. We're not going to do it. It reminds me of a, a parable. You may have heard this before about a villager that, um, was uh, his mother was ill and so he needed to go to the next village it was a few miles away and so he um, waited until he was done with his work and it was kind of getting dark out and so he took off on the path to go help his mother and as he was going down the path out in front of him and it was you know getting darker and darker he, he says a snake there was a snake in the path and he knew that it was a venomous snake and that he wouldn't be able to uh, survive if he, if he got any closer to the snake. And so he ran up a tree to keep himself safe from the snake. And then he kind of waited it out and he couldn't really see. And he thought, well, I'll just wait for the snake to move on. And finally, you know, it was the middle of the night and he couldn't see anything. So he just stayed in the tree all night long, full of fear full of fear because yeah. he needed to get to his mom. Well, then dusk came and he could see a little bit better and he came down from the tree and he looked and right in front of him, what he thought was a snake was actually a piece of rope. Oh, wow. Yeah. What we believe to be true, we can't conceive anything else. And so he let that, that belief that it was a snake sabotage his efforts to get yeah. to his mom. And how often do we do that? How yeah. often do we sabotage ourselves with things that aren't even true? You know, the only meaning anything has is the meaning that we give it, mm. even if the meaning is not true. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that story because we do it all the time. Yeah, and I'm thinking about, there's so many ways that we can apply what you just said, Pam. I'm thinking about this time period of COVID and now it's really easy to go to the worst case scenario about at least, you know, when the, when it all happened. Like my first thought was like, am I going to die alone? You know, just like this really irrational thought. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to back myself up. Um, but, you know, it's really easy, I think, to live in fear. So, uh, tell us a bit about how we might notice these saboteurs, there we go, saboteurs, and like, and then how can we can address them? Yes, so that's the big part, notice them. Mm. Because for so many of us, they're patterns, they're patterns that we use or have had all of our lives. They're so insidious that you don't even know that it's happening. Yeah. I mean, 
you're saying, yeah. So what do you think when I say that? Well, I think about the ways that I even get in my own way, <laughs> you know, and it's like, um, maybe I don't post something on social media because of, you know, what people might think. And I think that comes from my childhood of, you know, like feeling like accepted. And so I think there are a lot of these small ways that we get in our own way from really playing big with our life. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the patterns that I had growing up, and rightly so, uh, you know, my folks uh, went through the depression. And so that was a hard that well, what we're going through now is hard. That was yeah. hard. And, and so the pattern that evolved from our home uh, was that life is hard. Yeah. So if you want to uh, try a new thing, well, it's going to be hard. And, and so I'll, I'll, you know, I'll tell on myself technology. Um, if I have to learn a new oh, system or something for my work, my immediate thought is, oh, that's going to be hard. That's going to yeah. be hard. But that's not necessarily true. So anyway, that's how those patterns, it just comes. So we, so we have those and, and um, how, how, how do we mitigate them? That's the question, right? And what you said just a moment ago was the first thing. We have to be aware. Yeah. If we're not aware of that negative pathway, that negative thought pattern, then, um, then it can derail us. So being aware some, is the first step. What are some other ways that you see people kind of getting in their own way or for calling it saboteurs? Like uh, give us a little, some other examples of ways that you see this play out in coaching and in people's lives. Because I know as a coach, people tell you a lot of things that they maybe wouldn't tell other people. So you get to really know kind of their own mindset. Yes, yeah, so there's a, a number of saboteur patterns a way of thinking. And um, I'm affiliated with uh, Positive Intelligence by Shirzad Tremaine. And so he groups them into various categories. For instance, uh, one is a controller. So that, that kind of a patterning. So each of the saboteurs has a, has a strength aspect to it. Uh, a person that has a, sab a saboteur controller tendency, um, they know how to make things happen. They, they know how to and a lot of leaders have this. And so I work with a lot of people that, that have this um, tendency, uh, but, uh, but we know how to get things done. We know how to make, uh, make the, the uh, strategies. Uh, and we like to make sure that things don't go sideways. So we like to control situations. We need people like that. But what happens is when these saboteur patterns um, get out of control, then it can, be really devastating. For instance, especially in the work setting, if, if a leader has that controller tendency, they don't delegate. They want to do everything themselves because it, they yeah. are the ones that know how, mm -hmm. how it needs to go. Or maybe they don't collaborate mm -hmm. with their team as much because they feel that their way is best. And the way other people think may, you know, it may be inferior. So we got to watch, watch that. Uh, so that's just another instance on how these uh, saboteurs play out. So it's not always lack of confidence or self-doubt. Um, there's other thought patterns that can be equally as um, disruptive. And I have his book right here. I read it a few years ago. So it's kind of cool to like hear you talk about it. Um, so Pam, when you think about, you just said like awareness is kind of the first step of 
understanding how we might get in our own way and sabotage our success. What should we do from there in your opinion? Yes, because awareness isn't enough. We have to be able to shift our minds. So if you think about it, um, like a... uh, what, what we want to do is intercept those neural pathways. Uh, Shazad's work is based on neuroscience and re- a lot of research. So if we have those saboteur thought processes, um, not only controller is one of them, but hyperachiever and, and uh, hypervigilant, there's all sorts of related themes or patterns. Um, being aware is the first step because it's like a super highway. We, it's, when we get hijacked, our neural pathway, we go right down that pathway. And so the first step is to be aware. Okay. And then we need to, and so we need to intercept them. Is The first step is intercepting that, that natural pattern, just being aware. Okay. The second thing we need to do is to then, it's like a switch. We want to switch out that neural pathway into a new neural pathway and build that new neural pathway. So that switching place um, is called a PQ rep positive quotient rep. Okay. What do we mean by that? We want to disrupt that negative saboteur pathway to a more empowering pathway. And we can do it using uh, hyper focus on a physical sensation of our body. Hyper focus on a physical sensation of our body. That's a PQ rep. So we all know this one and it's been around forever. We've heard this, take a deep breath. Yeah. Right, because that gives you that pause. That's that, that's that switching mechanism. Breath is a PQ rep, so we can switch into uh, a more empowering part of our brain. Shirzad calls it the sage brain. But some other ones that we can do are really, really cool. One of them that I love is, is you rub two fingers together right okay. there with such attention. So what we want is you want to really focus over here. We want to not focus on that saboteur pathway, but we want to intercept it and focus on our fingers. Rub them together with such attention okay, that you can feel the ridges mm-hmm. on both of the fingers. Mm. That's a pattern disrupt. Okay. Breath, okay. this. Another one, Sandra? Yeah. So cool. You focus on your feet and wiggle your toes. Like feel all your toes. Are you doing it right now? Yeah, I am. (laughs) I'm like my little pinky toe isn't moving so well. (laughs) No, it's hard to that's hard to do. But again, we're 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 intercepting PQ repping away from that negative pathway to a, a more empowering pathway. So wiggling your toes is another one. And and so there's many of them that we can do, but the, the key is it's a pattern disrupt. Okay. Disrupt the pattern. Mm-hmm. So you're aware and you interrupt, you feel the emotion, you intercept it, you do PQ reps. And then the third one, Okay. then you're in a calmer part of your brain to be able to have more calm, clear-headed, laser-focused action nice. to make a decision or to respond in a relationship rather than to react with anger. It's just giving that pause and being able to create that new neural pathway area in your brain so you can come from a more empowering place. And so after we disrupt the pattern, right, the negative pattern, 
or the way that we might be sabotaging our success? Do we then, do you think, replace it with something more empowering or, or is the last step just more about like directing your mind to making the decision and taking action? So it comes down to some um, uh, ways that we can use that part of our brain, our sage part of our brain, uh, by, by being in that relationship with that other person or whatever we're doing by having more empathy towards them. Okay. So we can choose empathy mm. in responding to the person as opposed mm -hmm. to being angry. Mm. Uh, another one is uh, you can respond with curiosity, especially for these uh, leaders that have a controlling uh, tendency with curiosity. Oh, I wonder what, uh, why so-and-so thinks that way. Mm. And so there's lots of ways that could, we can access uh, more curiosity, more innovation, um, and more ways to be able to act from a more empowering place. Awesome. How often would you say that you find yourself disrupting your own negative patterns like every day? You know, is it many times throughout your day or kind of tell us how you might use this personally? Well, it's, it's so interesting because we call it mental fitness. Yeah. And, and we equate it to physical fitness. So just think about going to the gym, right? Or marathoning. We talked about that. And I know you're a marathoner too you don't just decide to go out and run a marathon or you, you know, when you go to the, to the gym, you can't just, um, you know, lift a hundred pound weight if you only have a, a muscle that can lift a 10 pound weight. Right. And so mental fitness is the same. You build up these new neural pathways over the course of time. So Shirzad's program is brilliant because what he does is he has us uh, use an app on our phone, we all have our phones with us. Uh, and this is our mental fitness gym to be able to do gym exercises at periodic times throughout the day. We do just short disrupts, short okay. disrupts, short pattern disrupts, use PQ and choose again throughout the day. So he's designed this app to train our brains and to build mental muscle over the course of time. So what happens is then you have more capacity yeah. to choose a more empowering response to anything in your life. And it builds yeah. up over time. And they've actually done MRIs and brain studies and things like that. And they see um, how various areas of your brain lights up. And the more conditioned you are with mental fitness and, and doing those exercises, uh, the stronger your brain becomes to handle the pressures that we all are encountering on the day-to-day. -day. And I like what you said, Pam, about that we can choose our response, right? Not just react to like with heightened anxiety or fear. And, you know, I'm thinking about how our perception is really so important in terms of any situation that we're experiencing. Tell us a little bit about your perception of that or where, you know, your perspective of that stems from. Well, one of my favorite quotes is from Dr. Wayne Dyer. When you change the way you think of things, the things you think of change. And so it just shows how powerful the mind is yeah. and how powerful 
some of these um, disempowering thoughts, saboteurs uh, can really limit yes. your life. And yeah. so when we can shed ourselves and manage them, I'll put manage or shed some of them, yeah. um, then we can step into being and, and living the, the reason why we're here on earth living yeah. our, our passion, living our why, and stepping into being able to share our talents and our gifts with other people and, and living a more fulfilled life when we get out of our own way. I think ultimately that's what we all want, right? Is to be able to live uh, what, how we really want and to follow our passions and, and why, why we think we're ultimately here. So, uh, so fun to talk to you, Pam. I got a couple of closing questions that I want to ask you about. And um I always ask people about a time they failed and to share with us a time they failed and what failure means to you. How would you answer that question, Pam? Mm, well, there's many of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so um, a, a time that I failed, you know, if I go back to my weight lost days. I mean, that failure after failure after failure after failure. And I can remember when Thomas Edison, you know, I go up and down and up and down and oh, I'd be so disgusted with myself. myself. And I remember Thomas Edison got asked one time, uh, you know, you, I don't have this quite right, but you know, you uh, invented the light bulb, but you failed X numerous amount of times. And Thomas Edison said, well, I figured out what doesn't work. And yeah, I think nice. that's true with all of us, with mm. all the failures that we have is, mm. you know, find out what doesn't work. And fortunately for me in my story that I shared earlier, I found that running did work. Uh, but, but also to know that anytime we fail, when we learn by it, that's the key. And we can yeah. turn any failure or any situation or any circumstance into a gift or an opportunity mm. if we choose to. Yeah. If we choose to have a situation and turn it into a gift or an opportunity. Sometimes it's not right at the moment. Sometimes it's, it's later on. But in my own example, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that I, you know, got bullied like and teased wow. because it caused me to make change. And now I look back and, and uh, a lot of my life, life's work came from that wow. situation. So anytime we have a failure to really try to look at the gift or opportunity there. I do my best, Pam, to do that as well. I think, you know, we've done a lot of, uh, we've gone to a lot of fun events together and, um, and I know both agree with this idea of like, can you see these difficult moments as gifts or opportunities? How would you suggest people do that? Because I think that's hard for us, you know, especially when you think about all that's happening in the world, gosh, what happened at the Capitol, or um, I'm also thinking about all the politics right now, all the things that are happening with COVID and our cha the changes in life. How would you say people can actually do that? What's, what's the steps they might take? Well, sometimes, like I just mentioned in the moment, you, you can't see what that is right now. Yeah. Um, until it's run its full course mm -hmm. uh, but you know a, a good step is is to and I know that you have the um, you use this in your work 
is to control the controllables. There's yeah. so much going on in our, our world right now that is so outside of our control. So what is it, where can we focus? Um, you know, we hear Tony Robbins say, where focus goes, energy flows. Yes. And so if we're focusing on all of the bad things, then, then we're going to feel bad. So mm -hmm. if we can focus on the things that we can control, just those little things, um, you know, being closer to your family or a pet and gratitude has such a big part of being able to change our, our mindset to a more empowering point of view because we can't feel two emotions at the same time. We can't feel fear or anger or disappointment, frustration, all of those and feel gratitude and love at the same time. Our brain won't let us do that. So one strategy in addition to focus on what you um, can control is to more often as not to try to focus on the things that you really, really love, your, your beautiful family, your furry family, the things that, that you really love. And so that will put your mindset into a, a, a more of a state of uh, gratitude and um, that can help shift us. Awesome. What have you been doing during this time period, Pam, just to make sure that your mind is working for you, not against you, and you're not sabotaging your own success. Tell us a bit about your daily practices. Oh, yes. Uh, so a daily practice is that I have a morning practice. And so every day I get up and, and it's different for everyone. Uh, but some of the things to have a morning practice or a morning ritual that really helps you set your day off is uh, you could meditate or you can do some type of reading or you can um, journal, or you can uh, be out in nature, or you can um, uh, think about, you know, like I just mentioned, things that you're grateful for. And so I've really gotten into a really solid morning practice. And uh, it really helps me start my day um, in a more empowering way. So I'm sure that's something you'd encourage all of us to consider, right? Like, what do we do in the morning and just to get our mind right? Absolutely. Yeah, it's a game changer. Pam, I'm so grateful for your time and your energy today. Uh, it's so fun to talk to you. You're one of my dearest friends and I, I go to you when I'm struggling with things. So I want to thank you so much for your friendship, um, but also the value that you provided people today. And here's a few things I wrote down that if people didn't take notes during this time, they should. So I love the quote, uh, what you said is like what we believe to be true uh, we can't believe anything else. I think that's powerful. And it also makes me think about how you shouldn't believe everything you think, right? Because when you yes. think that it's true, you know, it's like, okay, then you can't really see anything else. So disrupting that, disrupting uh, the ways that we sabotage our success. I appreciated what you talked about of, of being aware, but then using a PQR to help us disrupt that negative pattern and then be empowered to choose our response. Um, I love just the conversations and the stories of growing up and how that was an opportunity for you. Like it was even you were able to reframe all the struggles into opportunities and loved hearing your story about Mount Everest and uh, the person who introduced you to running. And uh, you just this idea of like taking this I am phrase and using that as transforming your uh, how you see yourself right that's what I heard you do with the I am a marathoner 
so thank you so much for joining us today, Pam. I'm so grateful that you're here. Thank you, Sindra. And um, our friendship is one I really, really treasure. So it's been great to be on your program today. Thank you. Sure. So Pam, for everybody who's listening, tell us how we might reach out to you and connect with you if we want to learn more about your coaching or your speaking or other things that you have going on right now. Awesome. Thanks, Sindra. Yes, um, my email is pam at coachforsuccess.com. And my website is www.coachforsuccess.com. And I do individual coaching. I run mastermind groups. And I also run mental fitness boot camp trainings. Awesome. So I will put all that on the show notes. So as you're listening, if you're listening on an iPhone, for example, you can just scroll up and you can click on Pam's website to contact her. Uh, Pam, do you have any final advice for everyone who's listening? Success in life is 80% psychology or mindset and only 20% strategy. So mindset is everything and it's the key to success. Awesome, Pam. That was a wonderful way to end. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Sindra. Way to go for finishing another episode of the High Performance Mindset. I'm giving you a virtual fist pump. Holy cow, did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, remember to subscribe and you can head over to Dr. Sindra for show notes and to join my exclusive community for high performers where you get access to videos about mindset each week. So again, you can head over to Dr. Sindra. That's D-R-C-I-N-D-R-A dot com. See you next week.